0: Hey everybody, what's up? This is Rogan and I have COVID. I'm on the tail end of it now. It's been about, I don't know, I think I'm on the sixth or seventh day. Yeah, I've lost my sense of smell. I've had the fevers. I've had the shakes. I've had the chest congestion, which is pretty much almost gone. The stuffy nose and a barrage of very strange and weird side symptoms. Um, arthritis has been inflamed. Um, I'm feeling a bone that I broke in my right arm that I haven't felt since I was like 14 years old when I broke it. I have this black taste of black licorice in my mouth. There's not a lot of stuff that I can taste, but for whatever reason, this black licorice taste just keeps coming back, and I don't know why I hate black licorice. Anyways, yeah, I'll live. It's just been crazy. It's, you know, as you would expect by catching COVID, which I'm not entirely sure how I do it. I have a couple of suspicions of as to how I got it, but yes, I was safe. I wore a mask, I hand sanitized. I don't go anywhere except for here and work, and I work in a little tiny closet where I work at, so... It was just um, a fluke that I managed to somehow catch this. But I'm good. I'll make it through. And as you might expect, there won't be any shows for a couple of weeks. This one's been laying around for a little bit. Anyways, this show. This is not a show that you want to listen to around children or impressionable people or people who are easily offended, etc. and so on. This is not a normal kind of show that I would do, whatever the hell that means. We cover a lot of tantric sex on here, a lot of adult topics, and a lot of really (laughs) off-the-wall topics. So uh, having said that, Let's just jump into the show and I will see you guys at the other side.
1: Hello? Hello?
0: It's all around us. Everybody's up. Ah, let's try that again. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back. I have been taking sort of a brief hiatus here and there, but we are recording again tonight, and with me is my friend Ashira. Ashira, you are the one that put this show together. So tell us where we're going, what journey are we going on? Who are we talking to? What are we talking about? What the hell is going on? You know, I'm I'm lost right now. I don't I'm, I'm just here. I, I press the buttons, I press record. I can't find the person we're supposed to be talking to on Skype, so hey, this is gonna go great. What's up? How you doing?
1: Hi, how are you? Um, So, yeah, this is something that you probably don't cover often, um, which the main topic that I really want to delve into, and that kind of falls into an area that you're interested in, I want to talk about um, the Age of Aquarius. I want to really focus on that, but that kind of falls into something you're interested in, St. Germain. So.
0: Yeah, um, when I hear Age of Aquarius, I think of that crazy hippie song the way back that my mom used to get really bombed on weed and listen to and like, <laughs> you know, yeah. all hippie shit and stuff. So you're like Age of Aquarius, and I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> what? What? Okay, sure, let's do this. Yeah, whatever. Who are we talking to?
1: This is Katie Kamara and she is um her. She has quite the long resume. She has done a lot. Uh, she covers a lot of different topics, um, anywhere from uh, empaths and um, things that are attracted to empaths. Um, she does a lot of psychology work. Uh, she looks into some of the psychology after uh, some, I think she did a UFO experience. Uh, she looked into psychology after an experience like that. And there's just a lot of stuff that she's covered, and it's so wide-ranging that she could bring up any topic and be able to cover it just fine, I feel like.
0: And you found her just from doing all the research and things that you've done.
1: Right, yeah. I I kind of – cross paths with her in the process of my research you get to know a lot of great people and she was one of the people that i really navigated towards because we are like-minded people and she just craves knowledge and she's just got so much of it and of course i do too so i'm like feed me more okay
0: well more than likely uh as i always do when she jumps on the air i'll have her give her give us the uh, as i like to say the dime store tour of who she is And then uh, we'll just see where this goes. This is going to be one of those shows where I pretty much just sit back and let you two guys go at it, and I'll chime in every once in a while if I've got something interesting or I think is interesting to say. So um, I guess let's just jump into this and see where it takes us. All right. All right, so with me tonight, I have Ash, as everybody knows, and then we have Reverend Katie Kamara on here. Um, Katie, tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from. uh, As I like to say, give us the dime store tour of who you are, and then I will pretty much hand things over to Ash here. So uh, welcome to the show, and tell us about yourself.
2: Well, I am Reverend Katie Kamara. I am an Australian native. Um, I am a full-time writer, Uh, have been for almost a decade, Um, and I'm a radio but alternatively, I am somebody who breaks ground in alternative metaphysical science uh, in terms of social emotional therapy. I am a meta, um, meta psychoanalyst. Um, I do a lot of in human rights and access to justice. I am a coach, therapist, counselor. Call it what you will. I am pretty much everything under the sun. I just launched myself into going into art, um, but basically my plight is to um, develop or teach as a lecturer uh, and, a, and a candidate PhD in metaphysics. Um, I teach the development of healthy interpersonal relationships, trauma healing, sovereign empowerment, um, and so that uh, so I help trauma victims. Um, I go into psychology and the psychology behind all of that. Uh, I also do, am also a parapsychology para teacher as well. So I, I delve into um, uh, not just the metaphysics side, but also into the paranormal side as well. So I do a bit of everything. Um, I'm, not, I'm what's called a polymath. Um, I have a range of diverse
0: expertise in pretty much a lot of things. So it's hard to define who I am. So you've done a thing or two and you, you've been around the block a couple of times from what it sounds like. <laughs> you sound infinitely smarter than I am. So I'm a little bit intimidated right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know what? I've had this conversation with Ash before and it's like, no, I, I do not put myself out there at all to intimidate anybody. In fact, my my whole goal or mission in life is actually to help people. So the more I teach and and the more it is, is hoping uh, with the aim to empower those uh, because I have a lot of people that are jealous of what I do and they are a a lot of people who are jealous. I, I put that question out to them and I say to them, you know what, what is it that you aren't doing in your life to get to where I am to aspire to me? to to you don't have to be who who I am. I'm I'm I am who I am, right? But my my plight is to educate people so that they are empowered enough to get off their bum and and <laughs> be somebody. Be go fulfill your passions, whatever that may be. But the problem is is that a lot of people don't know what their passions are. And mm. so they, they they go. And the reason why I said polymath, a polymath is someone with diverse uh, studies in pretty much everything. They, they are other words known as uh, whiz kids or prodigies or geniuses, um, just lose, using those terms very, very loosely. Um, but the thing is, is that polymaths do not specialize in one spe- specific subject. The reason why they don't, specialize in one specific subject is when most people go to university um, and get their education, they finish their degrees, and then they go get their job, hopefully, uh, of their choice in their career from their studies that they've graduated from, after a lifetime of work, you suddenly go, oh, what do I do now? You've specialized in a job for so long that you've been educated in that you suddenly go, oh, I'm stuck. Whereas someone like me, um, who can do pretty much everything, a Jane of all trades, but master of yep. nothing.
1: That's pretty much me too. I'll tell you, I can do a lot of things, but I'm not a master of any of them because I, by the time I, odd near master, I'm running off to something else. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's yeah. ADD though. So,
1: uh, <laughs> you're welcome. My ADD, me smart. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm really curious, I know you've done some research on the age of Aquarius, um, so I'm really curious to hear a little bit about your research on that.
2: Um, well, I did. Well, actually, first and foremost, um, you you probably would have heard that I am a reverend. Now I am a reverend of the Universal Christ Church, not to be confused with the Universal Life Church. Um but the Universal Christ Church was basically a founder a, a church that was founded a spiritualist church that was founded back in this in 1970. Um, that basically, you know, back in the days of the of witchcraft, witchcraft was was you know witches were put to the stake and burnt and so on and so forth. Uh, we all know the story, and they developed a church where healing of the hands were actually a part of it. So. Um, you became so people like like psychics, tarot readers, anything that is considered paranormal was accepted under the belt of a spiritualist church, so that the practices of the supernatural were uh, incorporated. Now, the reason why I say this um, in in relation to the Age of Aquarius is because a lot of the spiritualist churches out there are actually going by either. Um, uh, some other some other gospels that are out there. I can't. I'm. I've lost it right in a second. But um, they also go by the Aquarian Gospel, and the Aquarian Gospel is based on the walks of Jesus after um, after. Oh, yeah. After he supposedly died and came back and then he was... He came back and then when he had his walk over to India uh, yeah. and all those other countries and so on and so forth. The, the wisdom that comes behind that. But the age of Aquarius actually isn't actually all that old. In fact, um, there there are a lot of analogies that people give out, uh, you know, Age of Aquarius being related to the conjunctions in relation to astrology, uh, in relation to many, 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 many things. But the thing is, is that with the Age of Aquarius is that the influence of the world the- known to Aquarius, the astrology or the astrological figure, um, is basically the the way that we transform and the whole theme of it is to transform and raise humanity through technology, uh, raise uh, awareness through the gathering of communities. So rather than to the, so the age of Pisces, which is what we've just come out of, um, the age of Pisces was known to be what's been around for the last two thousand years uh, you'd have noticed all of these wars all of these it's filled it's filled with greed um, patriarchal mm-hmm. like like me. Yeah. and so uh, with the age of Aquarius it basically brings it back down to fluid like water how do ah. we I how, how do we harmonize things? And we harmonize things by bringing things together. So for the next 2,000 years, supposedly, uh, if we take it that way, um, we're supposed to be harmonizing humanity by coming together to fix what we have done for the last 2,000 years.
0: Um, and hopefully, Are you aware of everything left- that just uh, happened in the last few months with the election in America?
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, if I, if I went down the road of politics right now, I could, you know, slap yeah, myself know. in the face. I'm know. just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. But the thing is, is that this is, it's it's supposed, to, it's supposed to, I mean, with astrology, with numerology, with any of those fields, yeah. you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. And even in psychology and doing those personality tests that that a lot of people find fun and fascinating to do. I always say, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's up to you what you want to take away with that information and you got to discern it for yourself. Go and research it. Go find, dig deeper. Go find the truth. Whatever your truth may be, you might find that just at a face value that you relate to everything. But underneath it all, there's so much more deeper truth. Yeah. To a lot of the a lot of the things that that we see see do and hear, uh, and so, of course, um, we can go into the the retrograde. Well,
1: yeah, so, I I want to go into that for sure. But I was going to ask you also now: how are they determining when the age of Aquarius ended and when, or when the age of Aquarius supposed to begin, and the age of Pisces ended?
2: Uh, the they have said it actually finished about a hundred years ago.
1: That's what I thought. I remember you saying that on when mm-hmm. you were talking about it on your show, and I was like, it's it's so weird because it it was supposed to have begun a hundred years ago. but here we are just now bringing it up and
2: talking about it. Yeah, here's, to- the thing. here's the thing. there are there are people that say that they finished about a hundred years ago. There are other people say that um that is supposed to go when well twenty one thousand twenty one hundred and sixty years. Uh, so that means that, We've got another hundred and fifty years to go, at least, or more. Ah, wow! And, but at yeah. the same time, that
1: kind of that kind of aligns—not quite, but kind of aligns with the whole. Um, we're further ahead than we're supposed to be in time, because of the way that time has fallen over the calendar here's, years after year.
2: Here's the thing: if we re- we relate, and just this is just a theory, uh, if we relate the age of aquarius to connecting of energies uh and and radical expression which is exactly what we're seeing in politics right now um it 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 creates all sorts of innovations so uh the age of aquarius is all about technology so who's to say that um we could go into the age of time travel
1: oh nice yeah
2: and of course, we know that Elon Musk is making his technological advancements. I already know. I just saw an article the other day about. Um, I can't remember where I found it, but I saw an article uh, that in 2027 they're going to be launching a uh, a space space whatever. Yes, they are, they are orbit. Are you talking a space hotel?
1: Yes, exactly. There's a private company that has recently decided that they're going to build a space station in orbit, and uh, I think it's a merge of two companies. But I think it's they're going under one company name, and they're um, they're really taking off. They're like and everything else, and it it's it's like wow. There's I feel like that's going to kind of be. I mean, if there was a time where everybody's gonna be shipped off into the outer space to live on space stations, this would be the beginning of it, I'm sure, because you got a private company that is now being allowed to do this.
2: And you gotta to remember too that uh astrologically speaking, the um the aquarius aquarius energy is also um uh can be related to the mad scientist. So if you think about technological advancements, you're gonna see very, very uh, fun-loving Aquarius that like to be in solitude all the time and God knows what they're doing behind closed doors um, because these are the people that actually bring forth the advanced technology. So who knows what we're going to see in the next 20 years. I mean, we're talking bullet trains here that travel across the world in less than five minutes. Like, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's sci-fi, that whole sci-fi vibe that we see in the movies is now – be, we, I mean, you and I may actually live to see that, or partially see. It's that. really already here. I mean, I realized it the
1: other day when I was—I have a touch screen laptop, and I also, obviously, I have my big old, big screen smartphone. And you know, when you're flipping around, you're moving your your different screens that are on top of each other around and back and forth. And you know, then you got multiple modems that you can switch stuff back and forth to. It's already here. We're already doing it. We're just mm-hmm. doing it in a different way than we've seen on TV, and <laughs> I think that's what people are like, missing. Yeah, we're nobody doing ever this stuff. really
0: like the future is always like when you watch Star Trek and all these different things of like this is what the future is going to be. But when the future actually arrives, it's kind of sort of there, but it's not the way that it's presented. Because when I was growing up, it's like yeah, we're all going to be driving flying cars by 2020, and you know all these things, and we still don't have our flying cars yet. But Yeah, (laughs) a lot of it What it comes down to what we do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A lot of it just comes down to like you have these situations where patent wars and things like this happen. Um, Mm -hmm. Like they just announced a couple of days ago that warp drive is no longer theoretical, that the science actually exists for it. It's just a matter of getting the energy together to get something to work in a warp drive to make a warp drive actually work. But the science is now sound.
1: Yeah, and they're, they're able to, yeah, they're actually able to teleport atoms now.
0: Yeah, but it's only like photons and stuff like that, you know? I'm not really sure. Yeah, but if, still, if I'm
1: still,
0: I, I just... I, I mean, it's like, here's the teleporter, step inside of it. I'm not really super psyched about the idea of having <laughs> an atom scrambled and shot somewhere. I don't think I somewhere. would ever
1: be... In the prototype version, ever. <laughs> now, if you want to
0: beam me groceries to my house or something, okay, that's a there little you bit go. different. You know, you know, <laughs> Toxic
1: that, groceries. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: like, it's like there's that comedian, Dane Cookie, made this joke about everybody doesn't like to go to the DMV because it takes forever. So eventually they're going to have teleportation technology and you're going to teleport to the DMV and you're still going to be pissed because you have to wait in line for four seconds or four minutes or whatever. You're going to be like, I've been here for four minutes. I need my tabs. I need to get out of here. You know, that kind of a situation.
2: And then you wonder why the, all the conspiracy theorists are uh, uh, in heaven right now, because every conspiracy theory is coming to light.
0: Well, yes and no. Yeah, I no. mean,
1: I mean, we're I really in a
0: situation where now from. where people can believe whatever they want to believe. So that's yeah,
2: right. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do find it fascinating too, because you know the whole archetype about the Aquarius. So let's just go into Aquarian for a second. You'd, even though they may be the mad scientists, they may have the new innovations, they may have the the uh, the the brain for technological advancements. They also are the people that that are, are very very impulsive. In other words, they're going to rush to get the technology going, but they never finish the project. So. If you, if you have known that, uh, I think uh, it was Elon Musk that tried to do a rocket, had everything ready, all ready to go it was just recently. Um, he had everything ready. He set, it, set the rocket off to go into orbit. And when they brought it down for a perfect landing, it landed perfectly and then it went kaboom.
0: Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> you you got to be like, <laughs> it's, pretty bad. it's working. It's great. We made it. It landed. Oh, not so. Oh, well, I guess we're closer. You know, it. yeah, you know. <laughs>
2: So that's the type of, that's the type of reaction you may actually get. So, I mean, we may start a world war, but, but it may not ever finish. Yeah. Nobody, it's just, uh, nobody wants to continue it. So, <laughs> right. so what it's really fighting for.
0: <laughs> like if exactly. we could all just get our act together and stop messing with each other. And if there, the greed wasn't the thing that it was, I'm quite sure that technologically we'd be far, far further along than we are right now. Cause one yeah, company we're has too busy an idea, each
1: other. <laughs> yeah, and
0: another company has another idea. It's like, hey, if we take these two ideas, like your chocolate fell into my peanut butter, you know, that kind of a thing, <laughs> you know, we 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 would actually be able to get somewhere and go somewhere. But I hate to be the downer guy. I'm kind of one of those people. It's like, do we really need to be going to other planets right now and doing other things because we can't really take care of what we have now? I I hate to be that guy. But by the same token, if we do make it to Mars and we set up on Mars. That's a whole other world that would be free mm-hmm. and hindered of things that are going on here. You have a situation there like you don't have oil companies. You don't have a lot of the same things here that govern the way things are done here. It's kind of like when people shot off to start the new world in America and it formed its own and new thing. So I don't know where I'm going with this right now. <laughs> 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 I lost my train awesome. of thought. But It was,
1: it was- Great points, great points. <laughs> yeah, I was there
0: for a second and then I lost everything. I should probably just keep <laughs> my mouth shut.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so, and, and the Age of Aquarius, now Saint Germain also plays a little bit of part in that, yeah?
2: Yeah, um, With well, I don't know a hell of a lot about Saint Germain, but I do know that Saint Germain, uh, uh, among what he is and was, um, I mean, you you got you to take it from different sides because St. Germain, when he was actually alive, uh, was also a con man. Mm. Uh, he was, he had, the, he had everything going for him. Uh, he became, and, and I'm not even sure how he ro- ro- rose up to be an ascended master, but there's, there's quite a few people that um, do follow him. And, of course, they think that he, he is immo- immortal. Um, but it really depends on the stories that you hear uh, in terms of, uh, you know, we got to think about the 1700s there when, when notoriety in Europe was, was really high, high society. It was all attracting kings and playwrights and followers and so on and so forth. Uh, Saint Germain actually was a, considered a mystic uh, philosopher, a social influencer and an ascended master. Which goes into Ascended Mastery is basically the age of Aquarius, which is why we talk about the age of Aquarius being all this mystical, new agey stuff woo woo. I don't see the new age, some of the new age stuff, and I did a post about it just recently uh, about the new age stuff, what to follow, what not to follow, because some of the stuff is is resonant is actually false, and it gets you into uh, very, very psychological toxic behaviors, and it draws you into mental health. Um, Unfortunately, there are right ways of doing things, and there's wrong ways of doing things. And, of course, if you Mm -hmm. uh, someone like me who does take that, that uh, metaphysical, uh, psycho psychological uh, Hippocratic oath, so to speak, we it's we do no harm, just like a doctor would do no harm to you. The, we help people. That's our that's our job, but um, yeah.
0: Said, yeah, It's Gnostic Christology is what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, um, and so. And so, with ascended mastery, uh, ascended mastery goes into uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, ascended masters were known as somebody who has uh, great, wields great influence, and ascended masters could be like Buddha. Could be um, not just Saint Germain. This Saint Germain is just one of them. And Saint Germain was, I think, the seventh, seventh, seventh ray. If I remember correctly, ah. <laughs> he was the seventh ray. Um, so I know Ash and I you and I were talking about sevens and so there's gray yeah. so and I'm actually for me I'm born on the 7th of the 7th so
1: nice <laughs>
2: um so yes I'm a Cancerian. Uh, but the other thing is too is that people of of ascended masteries uh, if you want to see the other side to the woo woo um they were highly influential people so people influenced uh, under Scented Mastery would be people like Jesus. Yeah. But a lot of – one thing I do know about uh, St. Germain uh, in, in all of my research is that uh, he was also known by other pseudonyms and like the Marquis uh, de, de Montferrat, uh, Comte de Bellarmar, uh Chevalier Shoning or Count Welding or Comte de uh, I can never say this word, com cough or something or other. Uh, but yeah, I have no idea. I wish I could help you. <laughs> These the, are the European. so basically, we're talking about Saint Germain here, who was a count, um, and of course, he was in as one. You know, in many aspects, he was one of humankind's most cryptic, but yet he was an influential spiritual entity and I found out and there were many people that were actually attacking him in the very beginning when he was alive, um, that uh, he was a fraud, um, basically stealing people's uh, stuff and using it as his own in order, because back then, back in the 1700s, I mean, just like the dawn of the eras, you had to have something to sell to the, it's kind of like a cult. Um and so <laughs> Saint right. really really well and of course throughout Thessapy, you know th- uh, Thespi and the th- uh, the ph- philosophy teachings, um there were people like Madame Blath- uh, Blavatsky who saw Saint Germain as one of her ascended masters that she got her uh, Thessapy teachings from. So, um you got to remember that that. When we talk about people and they go into past lives and um, and continue on into other lives, we can draw a lot. Now, I don't believe I don't believe that there is such a thing. Um, not such a thing as Ascended Mastery because I do teach Ascended Mastery. But I will say that it's up to the person to believe what they want to believe, whether they want to believe that we have drawn in from these people or whether we've actually drawn in from a higher purpose or the oneness, God, whatever we want to call it, uh, that lives above us. Uh, it's, it's really up to you. But by putting names, there are there have been many people that have driven – uh, driven their influences from uh, these spiritual entities um, that have gone throughout the, the, the years. And I mean, right now he could be over 300 years old and you could say, hey, yeah, he's my teacher. But how do we prove that? We can't prove it. It's And It's just, it's just like, trying to prove God, sitting there saying that God exists. Well, does God really exist? Have you opened up a Bible? Is, is Where is the Bible coming from? Does that come, the Bible was written by man. So you kind of got to discern it in, in that way. But what I will say is that um, St. Germain, he did possess great personal wealth. And of course, he was a wide-reaching uh, knowledge. He had a wide-reaching knowledge base. Just, you know, I, I know that Ash and I when we were talking, you you mentioned about rela- the relationship um, between comparing me to Saint Germain. Now, that could be very very true because some someone like Saint Germain was also very very mastered in in language, art, music composition. He
0: was um, an alchemist he- as well. Yeah. Was, it was no. believed that, because he, he keeps popping up, in, not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but he keeps yes. popping up in all these different points in history, and he was believed to be an alchemist, and he was believed also to be one of the people that actually found the philosopher's zone like Nicholas Fumel. So he's like believed to be one of these alchemists that just is, is immortal and just pops up throughout history in different places. And one of the reasons he was believed to be so rich, even though there's not really any documentation that he had a lot of bank accounts, but it was... The idea was, is, well, yeah, he's, a, he's an alchemist and he has, he's discovered the philosopher's zone and he also was believed to be one of the people that learned how to transmute lead into gold, which is the big – when you look at alchemy, that's the big thing that oh, – yeah, alchemy, you know, it's about turning lead into gold and transmutation and it depends where you look at it from because some people see yeah. alchemy as more of a spiritual practice whereas some people see it more of a physical science practice and it's both there's not there was there wasn't much of a there there's a definitely a definitive line between the two but it was it was you did one to learn the other one for the most part or vice versa so he he just kept popping up in european society like every 100 years or something like that and he was Supposed to be like a virtuoso on playing the violin and a painter and, you know, a performer. And I believe he also was part of the Theosophical Society, if I'm correct on that one. I'm not sure.
2: Yes, he was. He was also, uh, um, if I remember correctly, he was also connected to uh, the Rosicrucians uh, Freemasons Society of the Aztec Brothers. Uh, the the Knights of Light, the Illuminati, and the Order of the Templars.
0: Was he a Templar? I remember if he was a Templar or not. I can't remember.
2: He's been, caught, according to some researchers, he has been linked to them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it's really, I mean, it's not that I don't believe him because, I mean, I teach this stuff. I can't say that I don't believe. But the thing is, is that there's a lot of people that's regurgitating information out there um, to use it for their own successes rather than to, Actually, preach what ascended mastery really is, and that is essentially alchemy. And of course, uh, with the with Saint Germain, he had the violet frame, uh, the violet flame. Um, and of course, that was a, a miraculous spiritual energy. Of course, it's a high frequency energy. We can we can see that in auras. Um, for those who have open spiritual sight, have seen it as like a, a violet flame around their bodies um i don't know if you've ever had an aura uh an aura photography done before on yourself
0: i've never had one done but i've i've been told that i do have well purple is one of my is probably my favorite color but i've been referred to as both um oh god the color was mahogany that i was referred to and then somebody else referred to me as violet or purple as well so i never quite understood the significance of either one of those And they're like yeah go research mm-hmm. it now i don't I mean, most people don't get like, oh, I see a hue of orange or yellow or whatever. Nobody gets called mahogany. So I really didn't know how to (laughs) take that. (laughs) 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 What what does that mean? I I mean,
2: (laughs) yeah, no, I actually uh, did my aura. um, I did a full body aura um, uh, scan, whatever you want to call it. Um, now, my obviously my my mentor, I, I am an understudy of Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, um, and so uh, she was one of the leading psychics that actually integrated in what we know now know as the aura machine. Uh, Back in – back over 40 years, 40, 50 years ago when it was being developed, um, they were doing basic photography um, in special ways. So uh, she was the – one of the interpreters out of two psychics that were there to give the interpretations of the aura fields um, that were there. And, of course, last October I was in Vegas uh, at the 5D conference and um, I'd had my aura taken and I found out that I was a pure indigo. I had nothing but blue and um, violet auras all around me. Couldn't find any. And I actually wow. had. I actually That's had a really strong entity. color, too, is it not it Yep. Um, the other thing is, too, is that above my head in the aura printout that I got, um, I'll, I'll send a photo to you guys and see if you can you can discern it for yourselves. Oh, but there is, cool. actually, there is actually an entity above my head. It's in white. Oh. Multiple. And oh was cool that, yeah, and I'm like, holy crap, like where what the like me I'm thinking maybe entities thinking are ghosts or something like that, but no 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 this is actually spirit guides the spirit guides wow, are that's higher, really cool. higher consciousness, yeah, and it got picked up in a picture oh wow, that's really
1: neat, you know I thinking about that now, I wonder if anybody has done testing to test the validity of aura seers. Um, to see if they're accurate, or do they see something different than the aura camera? Well, you got to
2: you got to remember too that um, if I had my aura done, uh, my aura reading done today, my aura it would be different. Yeah. Tomorrow. Um, it really it really goes on what our moods are. Yeah, but they could have somebody on site. You know, like the aura see you're on
1: site, and then able to. Yeah, I think that would be a really cool experiment. I
2: I think so too. Uh, yeah. but in, ter- in terms of going back to Saint Germain um, that that beautiful aura or the flame is what he uh, developed as his philosophy, and of course it was uh, the spiritual energy or yeah or well, the spiritual energy of love, uh, mercy, justice, and freedom, and transmutation, which is where you get back to the, the elixir of the age in terms of uh, the universal soul alchemy. Now, um, in terms of the work that I do, I do life alchemy. Um, I trans- do a lot. Of, and you don't hear a lot of people co- go out into uh, who actually teach about transmutation. They, a lot of people just relate that to this new agey thing, this new, uh, this, um, what's the word? Uh, Taoists use, use transmutation a lot yeah. uh, hmm. in their teachings and that. Um, but no, this is the violet flame that he developed. The philosophy behind is one of the causes behind the science of miracles. It's also one of the uh, a special spiritual solution for the time. So he was essentially what he was doing is exactly what the age of Aquarius is trying to trying to attempt. Um, just whether or not we proceed to do it or not, it's each 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 individual has free will. Um, right. But at the, end of the day, uh, it's about. Coming together as a community and and the collective of that spiritual energy, going back to what I said before about love, mercy, justice, and transforming humanity so that we are able to better form a community rather and look to the future, right? That be technology or so whatever the case may be, um, to harmonise the world. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of Saint-Germain and and Age of Aquarius and the teachings of Madame Bavatsky, um, they really do ring true. But a lot of people, because we're so indoctrinated with mainstream religion, that we're not open to the things that uh, are actually the the philosophies um, that are taught in in some of these uh, teachings because we're so – Hell bent on believing that of maybe the, perhaps the church, yeah. So, um, and going back to the church, for instance, the church is a has a Bible. That Bible wasn't didn't really start to get into production, I think, until much much later on. Um, we got to remember back in fourth century. That's when
0: um, this is funny. We just had this. Me and her just had this conversation the other night. Actually, yeah.
1: Every play every religion everything has a book a yeah. book
2: a guideline. They they didn't get, that's exactly right. I was just going to say um who was I thinking? here's of? some rules. Follow these rules. Yeah. <laughs> well well I didn't funny and funny you should say that because before the 4th century I did a show on this about religion and sex. And of course, course I I brought on a professor from CSUM, um, and uh, he he was saying, you know, he contacted me one time, and he said to me, he goes, you know, you know, I did a, a, I I actually teach a class that that talks about religion and sex, and I went, really? I said, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) I really like that, and I said, he goes, what, what? He goes, I know, I really like your work because, you know, I am. Someone who is a very, very sexual being. um, Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I'm a very, very sexual being and I was taught Tantra when I was uh, 17 years old. Through a Tibetan uh, Tantric monastery, correct? Uh, No, it was through a monk, a master monk. That's right. So you got to remember that tantra, um, tantra may or may not have anything to do. It just really depends on the way that you have been taught or practiced. Most people relate Tantra to sex, but Tantra is not necessarily has anything to do with sex. Uh, it is more about the exploration or the vehicle to awakening to enlightenment. And so all of these subjects that we're talking about tonight are, are very, very interrelated because they – Uh, different philosophies from different points of view. So, um, of course, in terms of Tantra, um, Tantra being the mantra of the philosophy itself, the teachings of the philosophy, we can go into tantric sex, which is what most people know, or can relate that to the Kundalini Awakening. Um, Now, uh, people can take that the opposite. To go go screw around like bunny rabbits because <laughs> that's what they're guided to do spiritually. Because you know that's what it's, <laughs> what they interpreted to be, and <laughs> really the not. older religions really do. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing: if I go back to the Bible, you know Constantine—that's that's the word I was thinking of—Constantine back in yes. in in, uh, in four BC was the, changed the church from where where it was, and then turns into the Roman Empire and so on and so forth. Um, now prior to the, and that's when at the around four BC was, uh, BC, AD, <sighs> what am I saying? Uh, 4 AD, <laughs> and Const- I'm getting my dates and stuff with the, Um, but no, four AD was when, uh, Constantine came in and he bought the rule book. Let's just call it the rule book. Uh, the blueprint for humanity, uh, the law book of, of the Romans, uh, this is what you can and can't do, um, uh, This, and if you do anything in between, then you're going to be catastrophically punished. Um, now, when I had this show, going back to what I was saying before, when I had this show with this professor, his name's Randall Cummings, um, the, he he said, he goes, you you really got to read that book and read between the lines because it isn't what... Out. And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Funny thing, you should say that is because back eight years ago, when I first started my career as a, a full time writer, um, I I started out as an erotic author, and then I developed it into the whole spirit. I went down the whole spiritual path about a year later because I figured that you know I'm going to have every man, woman, and their dog coming after me because they they. <laughs> think the opposite about me so I turned it into something else and I went you know what I'm going to go to the whole nucleus of what a relationship is what without without sex there's no love and I'm probably saying this the wrong backwards but um without and the, you got intimacy love um and everything else in between and without all three you cannot have a successful relationship because that's the whole point of having a relationship the intimacy mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth now um, fast forward, and I said to him, and I said, you know what? I I, re- I can relate to that. I said, but you know something really funny about the Bible? And he goes, what's that? And I said, you know that the Bible is the most erotic book in the world. Yes. Is yes. That-? I said, go- I agree with you. And there's there's so much.
1: Yeah, it does. It goes into a lot of sexual ventures in yep. the
2: Bible. <laughs> and here we are, and here the churches are. Let me just say this. Here the churches are preaching against uh against homophobic um practices and yet there's a lot of homophobic practices in the Bible as well as bestiality and UFOs. Um, yeah, so you know <laughs> I honestly think the Bible I, I, I agree I, with you. I think that
1: the religion – and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any religion. However, they tend to um, utilize the book to bend and twist things as they want them in that day and age. And it does. It transforms over the ages. I think – was it you and I, Rogan that was talking about how Christianity over the ages has changed to fit,
0: to oh, stay yeah. with society? Well, that's, that's kind of how well, – I mean I mean no offense when I say this but that's kind of how Christianity survives it's kind of a conqueror and absorb religion uh, Christianity in its beginning was far different than what it is now and as time went on mm-hmm. it would it would incorporate whatever like this is where we get a lot of our holidays from like Easter and Christmas and all of these kinds of things whenever a Christian culture would try to come in and supersede and take over another culture if they couldn't convert them they would kind of absorb them and say alright well we have our we have Easter which is the same as you know you're having kill them. There. yeah you know <laughs> and that's kind of how it survives, because when you sit back and you take a broader look at all the different religions, you can look at Christianity and go, we'll take that. We'll take that. We like that. We'll take that. We'll a leave lot that of religions are like that yeah. as well, but they're kind of um it's kind of a a assimilate absorb and assimilate kind of religion. Mm-hmm. So what you and it still happens all kinda the time. Kind of has to though. It's yeah. kind of stuck back in the old days if not. And and this is what we were like me and you were talking about the other night when somebody says, "Well, I'm a Christian." And and, and I'm I'm not I don't what mind is, religion, but I'm not a fan of organized which religion. Which
1: rules do you go by?
0: Yeah, and it's like, "Well, what okay, well which which of the 2364 denominations of Christianity are you? Well, I'm such and such." Okay, well If you're that, then are you this, 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 and this? Let's break it down. It's because you've got categories of religion, and then you break it down into subcategories underneath that religion, whereas if you, like, I, I would be, if I were to go to church, I would be more likely to go to a non-denominational church or something like that. But now you have situations where churches and you're seeing it happen now, you're seeing it happen in the Christian fundamentalist side of things, where you have Christian churches and you have the fundamentalist churches where these people are beginning to assert more and more power because they're going into the political realm. I won't delve into that because we're not a political show. So, <laughs> yeah. but this is what happens when you have, like, and you see it happen in other religions too, like you You see it happening in Islam and you have the radicalized Islamics and stuff, but there are religions that you don't see this happening. Like you don't see, um, you, you don't see very many offshoots of, of Buddhism. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably going to get a whole bunch of mail on that, which is cool because I like to be educated, but Christianity seems to be the big one where it's this religion that it's got a rule book, but the rule book is kind of loosely defined for, for all intents purposes. So somebody can come along and say, well, this is what they mean by this and this is what they mean by that. Because as me and and Ash were talking about that night, when the Council of Nicaea came along and was like, you know what? There's too many books here. We need to have a streamlined playbook and a streamlined rulebook for what all this stuff is. And at the same time, that just feels like we need to be able to have a way of exerting a greater degree of control over people. So maybe that's just me. I'm I'm completely comfortable with being wrong about that, but if I'm an outsider looking in, that's the way it feels. Um No?
1: Sorry, I just <laughs> wanted Well, no, I just want to touch on the whole like Buddhist thing. Now, I think that any religion any religion is age specific and also, region specific. So, depending on how old they are, what time of day and age it is, like you know, this day and age, twenty twenty one, and also your region. You know, if you're moving from oh
0: yeah, because you have the Bible Belt in the states. Yeah, yeah,
1: where depending on where you're from, it depends on what you re- believe within your religion. With any religion, <laughs> but go on, Kate. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs>
2: I was going to say is before um, going back to uh, you know tantra. When in terms of religion, we kind of get the the east east meets west kind of kind of warped between the two. We got the Western ideologies, we got the Eastern ideologies. We also m- tend to mix up Hindu uh, Hinduism with uh, Buddhism, um, which can be can be easily done. <laughs> Confused. Easily
1: done, but they're different. Easily yeah, confused, but
2: they're completely different. Uh, yeah. We also get tantra. Uh, you know that the true tantra um, is an ancient Eastern practice years ago, before the birth of Christ, before Christianity even made a playbook uh, playing in the book. Um, but what a lot of people are practicing right now is neo tantra. Oh, uh, okay. You have heard of neo-paganism, right? Yes. Okay. you've got the 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 pagan is the true paganism. Yes. Then you've got the neo-paganism. Well neo tantra is basically those the groups that are going around going, Oh, it's okay, you know, uh it's okay to to have a little wank-off but to increase my sexual energy in order to have good things happen to me. Uh, so they're using it. They're exploiting it. They're using it as a tactic. But, they're using it. Well, not just that. I mean, a lot of a lot of neon tantra involves uh, what a lot of people assume is this this whole sexual
0: sexual Kundalini energy awakening. Um, I was gonna say let's let's start from ground zero and explain yeah. <laughs> for people what tantra is, and then because it's kind of hard to talk about how something is an offshoot, is an offshoot, is an offshoot when we don't have a base starting point. So explain what Tantra is to the best of your ability, and then you can make the point about how things are switching off and going to different directions and so forth. What? (laughs) What? Uh, what what part of tantra do you want to know? Sir? Well, just basically what it is, or what's you know, if if you've got like a basic explanation of what tantra is, because and what my I mean, I know better, but for a lot of people, when you mention tantra, they either think it's the band or there's that thing that Sting was talking about years ago when he was talking about how he can make love to his wife for twenty hours through tantric sex or something like <laughs> That's that. Good. That's
2: true. That's too yeah. I can get to that. I can get that today. That. <laughs> uh, so basically, tantra is. Um, uh it's a term called, coined by western well Tantraism um is caused by is a coin termed by western philosophy um the ancient tradition tantra is more widely known as the religious practice um that has has absolutely nothing or very little to do um and this is what that's what I was saying about uh neo neo tantra mm-hmm. is because Um, The earliest records of Tantric texts actually appeared 600 CE and researchers have found evidence of these practices, um, which combines mantra, ritual, and the visualization of deities in Vedic texts and Buddhist reliefs, um, so monasteries and so on and so forth. So uh, Neo-Tantra is where Tantric practices have been translated and Divine Union, you probably recognize that as Twin Flames. Yes. Now, I can go into a whole category about Twin Flames. In fact, I actually <laughs> did a massive article about it, an in-depth look at – it's like a 30-minute read. It's almost half a book. Um, but the I, I went into Chantra um, and looked into the whole whole line of, of Twin Flames, it was all about and the chaser, the runner, and blah, 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 blah. Now, mm-hmm. when I did the second show, because obviously it's a hot topic within the within the communities, it really is. It's I see it everywhere. Twin
1: flames, twin flames. Everybody's found their twin flame, and I'm like, they don't even really know. <laughs>
2: I guess what it means. I guess. And this is the this is why I keep emphasizing about neo tantra. Um, so. I did two. I did three shows in total. And the second show, I brought it back because you know what? I, I went okay. Well, just because this is a hot topic and people know me for twin flame uh, teachings and so on and so forth, I, I I did a second show on it. But then when I did the third show, I'm like, well, what am I gonna do? like? I, I'm doing three hour shows, like teaching this stuff. <laughs> what else can I really say about it? Like, so what I did is I flipped the script, which and I. I basically said, you know what? Forget the labels, forget the dogma. I don't want to know anything about it. And and those people who do, who are following the line of the the neo tantra uh, uh, teachings of what what the communities are calling twin flame relationships or divine right. union, uh, are basically calling them. Uh, are basically going into or encouraging toxic behavior. Limeric, mm. Limerence, limerence meaning meaning that you ha- n- now have been taught all of these things that about the twin flame divine union, and uh, not realizing that you have to actually work on yourself, and it's all about you. It's never been about the other person, but the but because people have a longing a longing to be with somebody they it then turns into an obsession and it's like, oh, there's there's yeah. one, there's one person out there that I have to marry, there's one person <laughs> that I have to have a divine intervention so that I can be Some of these people become so obsessed. Not only have do they have uh have and attract and a lot of these people are empaths, mind you, um, they actually attract toxic narcissist people. <laughs> They do. They do. Uh, So, I, I,
1: okay, I I feel like I'm confused. So, Twin Flames is like an offshoot from Tantra in the form of relationship Tantra. Is that what you said?
2: Yeah, because people. So, there's,
1: it really branches out big time into like all these different facets.
2: Yeah and that's why it's and that's why I just said it's it's popularized end of the spectrum of neo tantra. Um and so it actually it, it comes it's partially to do with the original tantra uh the the original vedic, uh, vedic um practices but then they've kind of warped it just like christianity they've warped it into something completely different and now it's all about uh finding your divine counterpart having union with them so that you can have a great can I say this word?
0: Yeah, go Buck? ahead. Yeah. yeah, go for it. <laughs> yes, go ahead. You can re say that if you want to. <laughs> um,
2: so basically you 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 long for this person. You go into the twin flame divine and uh, let's just say you find your twin flame. You stop running. You've done the inner work apparently. Uh, and I, I let me tell you now. You never finish doing inner work. That is a lifelong thing. You can get to your dying bed and take your last breath, and I guarantee you there's still some inner work that you need to do. Always. So so by having somebody else, else, you know, twin flames actually um, can become really, really toxic because you're bouncing off of each other. You're mirroring each other's behaviors. So therefore, you know, if you have a problem, they're going to have a problem. It's kind of like mirroring Mm -hmm. behaviors. And, yeah. and we get into this act of, you know, translation into this act of divine union, so that we can meet this 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 whole the the holy grail of <laughs> a person that will. Then once we have that divine uh, match, uh we get bites in the ass <laughs> technique, and then we go for the big the big uh, the big bang, so to speak. Um because we at the end of the day, how many people have assessed about fucking yeah. one person that can give us the big o you know <laughs> um it's kind of like that, and there's a lot of people that are that are it's i mean it's the bedrock of intimacy, right, so yeah, you know, but it's all about the polarities and and what the give and take and most of people there's a lot of people out there that don't even know how to have sex, so um with the introduction to Tantra, Tantra can actually use that that sexual that sexual energy that we have within ourselves in order to enhance it for other things and harness it. I, I use sexual energy um, practices all the time. <laughs> I, I <laughs> do work. I, I, it's subtle. It's very, very subtle, but I'm doing it. I put it in all of my writings. Um, you don't even notice it unless you are looking for it. But it's all about going back to the original tantra. The you know it's, it's a divine union. It's a it's of the bliss achieved by Shakti and Shiva. Um, it, in its modern-day usage, actually reflects the act of discovering the deity within by harnessing that sexual energy. And so that, that sexual energy and the power of the orgasm is manifested as the act of service to the, to the whole and is directed back into the cosmos as divine and purified love. And what it does is it shifts the focus from the root chakra, if you know anything about chakras and the systems, um,
0: back to the heart, the third eye, or the crown. Um, yeah, but so what you're talking about here is just basically sex magic. Then, and you know, for whatever form, there's different. It's 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 the same thing as practicing magic in whatever way. It's just, it's all the same stuff. It's just your how energy people do is it.
1: boosted and and comes from a different source. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I mean, and, th- and that goes, and this is why a lot of people get in, confused uh, because the the truth that that go basically goes into Kundalini, uh, which is why you have neo tantra. You go into the original teachings; it's all about connecting, ki- the finding the spiritual connection between two people or a group of people. Um, technically, tan- the original tantra, the the traditional tantra, is not about touching another person. Hmm. It's- it's about that's why they talk about breath work. In fact, um, if you go into Taoism, for instance, and, and their philosophies, they will tell, tell a guy to withhold themselves.
1: Interesting.
2: Don't ejaculate that many times because you're actually giving out your sexual energy too much. And when a guy. I have heard that before. So that's interesting. And
1: basically, he, he's using himself as the containment device for the mm-hmm. energy.
2: So technically it's really not about and, and so the, the the strongest power that we have within our body is is our genitals. Mm-hmm. Especially our head, because our head fails when our genitals <sighs> work. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to <say> that. <laughs> but it really it really is true. <laughs> um, so yeah, true. we lose our brains we lose our brains completely. <laughs> Been there, done that. Right. Um Gone. But no, that was the stupidest um, thing I ever did. (laughs) Why did I have that child ten years ago? I don't know. Oh no, not that.
0: (laughs) This is one of the oddest conversations I've had on this show in quite some time. (laughs) Go ahead. We're on the journey now. Let's keep going. (laughs) So much fun. So much fun.
2: (laughs) But no. Um, but basically, it's it's basically there to reestablish intimacy. I mean, in whatever way that you can achieve it, and if it has to be through through uh, breath work. In fact, um, you know, I just mentioned about the the guys, um, you know, and the 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 way of recharging batteries and uh by by having too much sex can can really ruin themselves in terms of Taoist teachings and because you gotta remember that all these teachings and philosophies are all entwined with each other they all yeah. preach one message at the end of the day you just got to read between the lines
1: yes exactly <clears throat> and the majority of teachings the, the root i feel like is morality a lot of times
2: yeah, and I mean, we got to, you know, um, it's all about, at the end of the day, it's all about expression of, of sexuality. It's all about the expression, mm. it being okay with your sexuality, being okay to look at yourself in the mirror and completely naked. Be okay with just looking at somebody and appreciating them for what they are uh, or or what they could be. People, when they invite me onto shows, and we start to go down this route of, uh, of of talking about sex and so on and so forth in terms of tantra. They all go, "Oh my god!" Like what, she said, she said what? And it's like, but they find it very, very fascinating because a lot of people take away this information and they start looking it up and they go, "Oh crap! I should. How, how do I do this?" And so kind of a good conversation it's a, a very good taboo conversation to have and just to break down the norms because for me for someone was highly highly sexual i I really don't mind expressing my sexuality because it is something to be appreciated everybody mm-hmm. every out there should be able to appreciate themselves enough to say hey don't you don't make creepy advances but say hey i'm I'm, I'm natural I'm this is who I am yeah be it, Creepy though, <laughs> but yeah. You don't want to go down the keep, creepy route because it's. Not, I'm not talking about creepy route. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, but I, I get it. Yeah, I mean, it, but it has. The- it's become so stigmatized, and I blame that a lot on religions of all kinds uh, for that stigma. And but I, I I like where you're going with this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so basically uh, you you are you are having the tantra is about having the physical, the emotional and mental effect on your body. And so it becomes a very, very spiritual. It's mind, body, and soul. Um, and so if you have a partner, you can have delayed orgasm, you can learn like I said, you have to. Once you've mastered it on yourself, then you can go on to your partner. So uh, for someone like me, I I I did this for many years, and I practiced, did what I had to do, and um, and I got to a point where it was like, oh shoot, this is easy. <laughs> yeah. But for for any man or any woman, it's a, it's all about technique and how you do it, uh, and uh, what you involve yourself with, and where your mental capacity is at, and where you are emotionally, and how you are. Physically, it all comes into the one, into play. If you try it with a partner straight out the gate, then you're more likely to set yourself up for failure or or performance failure. So you're like... You, you kind of get frozen, but you're more comfortable when you practice by yourself. And then when you, when you become proct- uh, comfortable with yourself, then you can go and express it to your partner. Go, go practice, go try it out on them and see what they think of it. Nine times out of 10, they'll be more than satisfied.
1: Exactly. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, go play with yourselves.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Good for your health. Yes. <laughs> I was, actually, I just did. I just did a massive, a massive write-up about twenty-one reasons why it's great to have sex in our life. So you know, good nice. luck. <laughs> uh, but you no, know, um, the, it, it also tantra also includes about appreciating eye, eye eye contact, um, brushing of the hands. You know, just simple, simple gesture movements. You know, yeah, you know, that are not totally sexual in in contents. Um, the See, experience of kissing. Yeah, I feel like a lot of what as far as like
1: the tantric sex is concerned, I think a lot of that involves not touching. You know, a lot of that is that build up. It's 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 what builds the energy is the, the, the f- leading up to.
2: It's the foreplay. It, tantra is all about the foreplay. What you do and, and so yes, you're very right. Um when you were just talking about uh, having having an orgasm without touch—that is very possible. I've already had one. It is very very since p- we've been sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I
1: definitely wanted to, and I find I could talk about the whole tantric thing all day long because I find it all fascinating. <laughs> but I did want to. Have you had? You've had an instance where you've worked with somebody after. A was it a UFO encounter or a, an abduction encounter, uh, and and their psyche and kind of the development after that?
2: Uh, no, it was uh, you're talking about
1: paranormal experiences now. Well, yeah, I wanted to kind of touch. Had you looked in any of the? Uh,
2: the psychiatric, um, yeah, I I did I did a, a massive show about uh, mass hysteria uh, in terms of paranormal, and uh, it was wasn't more directed at ufology, but it does kind of kind of interrelate a little bit, uh, and this is regarding uh, how how we perceive uh, perceive our our encounters or our whatever they may be our experiences as real when experiences can be related to what's called mass hysteria and mass hysteria goes straight into the psychology of of what we see hear, think and smell right in front of us may not actually be real at all it may actually be stimulated by a very psychological reaction and and it can be stimulated from the conformist society or on the other end of the spectrum uh a lot of the times sometimes i'm not saying that it's not real but um People have very paranormal experiences that are totally psychological. And when I say psychological, it is trauma-based. So they may have had an experience that is based on trauma. It can, be go, it can go into sexual uh, sexual abuse. It can go into physical abuse. And nine times that um, – I mean, I, I had a, a very well-known woman on my show was talking about uh, hybrid children. And um, and I said to her, I asked her this one question and her whole story of everything that she was teaching crashed down. And I said to oh, her, wow. it's talking about uh, hybrid children, I said, so how do hybrid children come about? And um, they have to – these people have to be regressed. They tell their their experiences of being, quote, unquote, probed and implant being implanted by aliens and so on and so forth. And uh, she said – and then I said to her, so how, do, so how does this really happen? And um, I said, well, because you're talking about miscarri- women, many – multiple women having the same experiences and all having miscarriages and all that, all that kind of stuff. I said, mm-hmm. so where does this experience happen? And uh, took her a little bit. She went around ran the bush a little bit, but um, I finally got it out of her, and she basically said it was a manifestation. Ah, <laughs> question is: the question is here is the mass hysteria that is uh, that is not is caused by some, not all experiences through ufology or um, uh, you know alien encounters or. Uh, paranormal encounters and so on and so forth. Are they actually uh, spiritual? Call it what you will. In nature, they're mm-hmm. actually real experiences, or are they actually psychological reactions of of things that trauma that we are going through? Just like the 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 woman that came onto my show, she was talking about um, miscarriages and being implanted by aliens and so on, having hybrid children and so on and so forth, a way off planet kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Then she said it was a manifestation. I kind of looked at her and went, really? (laughs) You've been speaking to me for the last two hours and telling me all about this stuff, and I've just suddenly asked you that one question, and it went all downhill from there.
0: Well, it could be all of the above. This this is one of the things that I've – over the years that that I've been studying this stuff, I've run into all these different people that are in all of these different camps. This is another conversation that me and Ash have had many times. Where you've got mm-hmm. the people that are like UFOs, for example. You've got the people that are – these are nuts and bolts crafts from our, from another world. These are aliens that are coming to visit Earth, space brothers, reptilians, gray aliens, call it whatever you will. And Then you've got the other camp that, no, this isn't – this is something that's interacting with our consciousness that is projecting something into our, mm-hmm. our brains to make us – appear that we're having some kind of a of, of an episode or something like that not that's, that it's not that's real
1: neo ufology <laughs> i'm just kidding
2: <laughs> and the other thing is too that you have these communities that are out there that are teaching the same stuff here take it and it's and it's just as bad as saying here take a quiz and and all of these symptoms and a majority of people will go oh yeah i've had this I've got this symptom, I've got this symptom, and there's ten symptoms later and I've got all of the symptoms mm-hmm. and they're like, Maybe, maybe I'm a gray alien too. Yeah. They are we have different beliefs. We all been, have didn't, different upbringings. Uh, I know for a fact that, you know, the in in the areas of the super soldiers, a lot of those a lot of those uh, people that are in that area have, are all in trauma groups. Um, so I do know that a lot of these groups uh, or a lot of these followers, quote unquote, uh, are uh, have very traumatic pasts. Um, it, it's not to say that their experiences aren't real. and it's it's up to the individual to say what they want to say. Um. Uh, but it's also too that you're up for scrutiny when you tell your story, because mm-hmm. you are you are going down the route of of traumatizing yourself even more by expressing what you feel. But I mean, at the end of the day, as a collective, um, as a collective psychologically, we've all got to come and come together and speak about our experiences, whether that whether or not they're true, uh. is is another question, but at least we can kind of rationalize or uh, come together about forming an opinion about what the true story really is. And the problem is is that there's a big gray area there um, about, Mm. uh, you know, what's an experience, what's not an experience. Are we rationalizing and manifesting it in our heads? Um, yeah. which is leading to the hysteria. Like, oh, well, let's and, – and, and in terms of UFOlogy, I mean, there's a lot of people out there too, especially MUFON. MUFON is one of the biggest movements out there, which I don't agree with whatsoever. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that uh, organization's got in, a lot of problems yeah. of its own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for instance, for someone uh, – and, and, and the reason why I say this is because uh, a, a lot of the people that follow MUFON Again, it's not about the experience. I, I say this in 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 relation to trauma. A lot of these people have been traumatized in some way, uh, shape, mm-hmm. or form, and the then only to find out that the head of Mufon is actually a paedophile. Yeah, these, these people are talking about uh, trafficking. They're talking about missing uh, missing children, abductions, super soldiers, all sorts yeah. of, sorts of stuff. being related and. Uh, they're the ones committing yeah. it seems they're committing the crimes.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say also that that goes into a lot of the research that I do. I research all the supernatural, but I feel like for us to understand a lot of things in any of the any of the paranormal fields, I think we need to understand the brain first. So once we can kind of delve further into like where the consciousness comes from, understanding thought patterns and things like that, I think then we can kind of understand where probably a good percentage of paranormal experiences arise from. And I'm not saying they're not real, because I also do a lot of research on uh, things like tulpas and, and egregores. I think that those are two prime examples of how your beliefs and your energy that you put out there in an idea can actually create and manifest a situation or a thing. So... I think that our brains are much more capable of what we give them credit for. And I think to understand a lot of the supernatural we experience, we need to understand the brain, too.
2: I mean, being someone that is a hypnotherapist, I specialize in, in uh, regression therapy. Um, I've had a lot of people come to me and they say to me, Um, you know, I've got this, this and this wrong with me. Can you fix it? And I'm like, okay, Um, can you be induced by hypnotherapy? Do you know what hypnotherapy is all about? Um, Can we go down this route? Because within about five, I mean, I do a a 90-minute session and um, usually it goes for about an hour, but I kind of extend my time. But the thing is, is that when, when people come to me with issues like that, um, within the first five minutes of, of regressing them, I find out all of their issues, every single one of them. One mm. more, most noted, notably, uh, a woman that I regressed, um, she, was trying to, she was trying to figure out um, – uh, she wanted weight loss she wanted a, a perfect relationship because she's been through toxicity um, blah 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 all the general stuff that we got, kind of go through yeah and, uh, I regressed her and she actually went back to 1472 she was a witch living in a cottage with her mother and uh, they, they she had a, pitchf- a pitchfork community coming coming after her saying, calling her a witch and saying that she was uh, she had killed her own child. Oh wow. And so uh there were there were some really I, I got this all recorded. Um obviously I can't show you but it's kind privacy but the thing is with that is that I I, I, let, I let her lend as I do with all of my clients her on a journey and that's all it is it's just me talking to you and and holding your hand in the in the subconscious world and and me taking you through these little stages to figure out what it is that really cause the problems that you have right now in the present and of course um when we a lot of these people in especially in the ufology community the paranormal community and all that they are the regulars um, that actually go through hypnotherapy regression to see what their subconscious has actually manifested um, and causing the problems that the issues that they have right now yeah nine times out of ten that a lot of them are to do with subconscious uh, mental health issues um, which is why I am more inclined as an, in as a practice I'm more to say that um, it's not to say that your experiences aren't real, but a lot of them are actually manifested. Um, yes, and it's it's just like the, whole, the 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 old the old analogy of you're gonna if you watch a horror movie at midnight or in the early hours of the morning when there's no one around and you're sitting there with the lights off uh, <laughs> and and you're watching something really really scary. What do you what do you what do you think is going to happen when all you- of a
1: sudden all the bumps start? You start getting really scared, and then that put, gets put out in the atmosphere, and then weird stuff starts to happen. So and yeah,
2: you sleep and you go to sleep. Yep. <laughs> and you have a nightmare, and you're wondering why oh, is somebody attacking me, or is this a psychic attack? Is this a, you know, is this something you know? <laughs> It, it, it's really mind boggling, really. Sometimes, and, and the the simplest of things can be worked out psychologically. But the thing is, is that we do not have the capacity as humans to use that other ninety percent of our brain. Uh, to figure out what's really going on. Because if we were using the 90% of our brain, then we wouldn't have all of these mental health issues that are going on right now. Now, in terms of my paranormal experiences, um, yes, I went to one of the uh, the most haunted places in, in South Australia, in Australia, because obviously I'm Australian. That's my home state. Um, look this one up. is the Adelaide Jail. The old Adelaide jail, and uh, back in my teens, we went out there for a, a school excursion, and we stayed overnight in the jail cells. Now, of course, this is completely abandoned. There's nothing there. There was that were hung, um, and so it is very, very creepy. And there are videos out on YouTube of things that are in the parking lot that can that are very, very. Uh, they, they stay situated in one spot and then the, you'll see within a matter of moments this, these objects moving um, mm-hmm. and there's not, absolutely nothing there. Um, now, when I was in that jail and I stayed there overnight, um, we, I, I actually did have a look into the, the cell that I was in. I had uh, another student with me as well. We just had, stayed in our sleeping bags on the, uh, on the, the rocky floor. And something crawling inside my sleeping bag. It was the weirdest feeling ever. Um, but it also manifested, too, because we'd actually, and I tried to figure out whether it was actually a real moment or whether I'd been, I'd manifested it myself because not knowing what was going to happen, you know, when we slept in there, because, really? because we'd been told all of these stories uh, about what happens in this jail, all these supernatural things that happen. And so,, yeah. here I am as a young teen, trying to figure out, well, is this real, or am I just making it up in my head, thinking that something is there and it's really not um, and And so that's been a, a constant investigation in terms of of the you know the historical um, uh, uh, things that have happened in that jail cell or or that not just the jail cell, but the j- whole jail itself because it is. Yeah. Um, and you know what? A, a
1: lot of a lot of places, all the best haunted places, like the beggar name places, they tend to lead you around ahead of time. And they give you all these stories because they plan it in your head. So that way later on, you might have a similar experience. I, exactly. Yeah. But um, I have
2: been in a situation where, and I kid you not, this scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> uh, I was uh, next to my, my first husband. And um, he, he, I don't know what I saw, but I did see him, a, an entity of some sort, actually turn his head 365
1: uh, degrees. Oh um, my like, god, that's
2: scary! I, thought I saw the devil. So frightening. <laughs> that 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 in itself is frightening. So I don't know what yes. that was, but I but. You know, me be having my own gifted abilities in that. I I do I do speak with uh, entities. I do you know if I have I you know more commonly with the house the old house that I used to live in, um, that had a little girl uh, there. She I, I tried to reach out to her. She was just a wanderer who just found comfortable in in the house. And I find that a lot of children reach out to me as well. I um, noticed that with myself as well. I feel like there's nothing you. It's a can't do. The <laughs> motherly is a motherly thing. A thing. I don't know yes. what it is about me, but um, I, I'm like a light to. I attract. Um, what it is in terms of my gifted abilities and that I do walk the path of uh, in between worlds. Um, I just don't don't always recognize that uh, as well because it's not like I'm trying to promote myself and my gifts and my abilities because. You know, it's still I, really interesting to hear about, and I'm sure
1: um, it's probably helpful You know, when other people get to hear you talk about it, too, um, because there's a lot of people that suffer and don't get guidance, and they struggle with their gifts and their abilities, and I think you are a really good avenue for people who are struggling with that kind of thing to reach out to, um, and I know that you do a lot of that work.
2: Yeah, and I and I tend to I tend to attract those types of people because at least a lot of uh, they they are drawn. Is it's not that I'm drawn. Really, I sit behind my desk every day and and whatnot. I don't even promote my business like I I I'm, I'm supposed to like a normal person would, <laughs> and throw it all out there. All I do is just write, and all I do is just uh, put out the words of wisdom that I need to put out on any given day. And I channel a lot. I channel so much that that people start to realize and they start to wake up to hey well maybe maybe it's just a matter of perspective maybe i'm doing things wrong maybe i'm i'm uh, the not the way that i'm supposed to see it but where the way that it's truly supposed to mm-hmm. be seen Maybe maybe this is the cause of, of my manifestations. Maybe this is the cause of my issues. Maybe this is the cause of why I have mental health issues. Maybe this is the cause of my trauma. Uh, mm-hmm. It's exacerbating from what it already is. Maybe I really need to get some healing done. And like I said, healing is never a, an overnight process. And it's a lifetime of doing that. We go in cycles.
1: Always, and, Yeah.
2: And so, by by having these this open avenue, by understanding understanding different ways of thinking, different you know that goes from ufology, that goes also goes into psychology, and also goes into the spiritual world. Whether I can I walk the path between the two worlds, so that I can understand that each to their own have different experiences. I do not. I'm not one to judge anybody for their experiences, and the reason being is because. Can't walk a mile in your shoes. Yeah, exactly.
1: exactly. Right. And I, honestly, I think that's a big problem with all of these fields: is the judgment and the lack of keeping an open mind and being able to um, accept somebody else's theories and ideas. Everybody wants that glory for themselves. <laughs> in all honesty, of,
2: it's a the big thing is is that it's a lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. A lack of awareness goes into the lack of responsibility, the dutifulness that goes with the, the things that we experience, the things that we go through in life in general. Yeah, but most, um, you know, people,
0: you most people have can't do that. I mean, everybody is so wrapped up in just trying to live their lives and just, you know, where's my next paycheck going to come from? How am I going to pay this bill? I got to get insurance on my That's car. Hard. Bobby needs a new pair of shoes. um, You know, there's so much going on in in the average everyday person's life that for people Mm -hmm. to sit back and gain or to look at some kind of introspectiveness or something like that, like most of the people, most people out there are kind of islands within themselves. Yes, they have relationships and they do, you know, do all these different things, but it's really hard for people to look beyond what they are to to be able to do these kinds of things. You know, everybody's so, especially right now, we've got all this COVID stuff going on. We've been so over the last year everybody has been so isolated in whatever way like the only social outlet anybody has is social media and facebook and so on so like if there was ever a time for that to happen it would be now where people are forced to be in a situation where they're in isolation in some way shape or form but even now i don't think most people can do it it's just it's not something the average person can do
2: no and that's and that's because we we live a conformed society is is what. We're supposed to get up in the morning, we're supposed to brush our teeth, have our breakfast, have our coffee, whatever that may be, or whatever we do, a shower, shit, and shave, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and go off to work. Yeah. We're and,
0: supposed- and if we try to talk about... It, it, like the average person can't—that—that's why people go to church. They don't have the time to think about this kind of stuff. It's easier to go to church and be told this stuff. And then it's—it's—it it's, goes into a lot. It goes into politics and all these kinds of things. It's like, okay, I don't have the time to make big decisions on my own. I will watch this news network. I will go to this church. I will do this. And most of my major decisions outside of just trying to live life will be made for me, and I will follow that structure be it whatever people like is. that though yeah the well, other I mean, structures, you know
2: it's all, it's... We, we live we live in uh we live in a monkey see monkey do world so in order to survive uh that we have to we have to be be a certain way and act a certain mm. way in order to it's survive comfortable. The thing, the yeah. Problem, yeah. yeah that it's comfortable and the thing is is that when you meet people like me who dove into all of these things, you start to see the world from a very, very different perspective, and you 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 divulge yourself, and you go do that inner working, you go do the introspection that is needed, and so that you don't have to be uh be the lives a comfortable life, so that you can, you know, maybe maybe I've got this this and this to do, but maybe all the work that I'm doing may not be so satisfying, but I'm going to do it because. It's going to keep me a, uh, keep me in a, a roof over my head. It's going to uh, allow my children to grow and put them through school and, yeah, and so on. Yeah, but if you're an so.
0: empath, that's what you do all the time. Empaths see <laughs> and feel the world much differently than most people do. So you're kind mm-hmm. of forced into a situation where you have to see everything around you because you can't help but not. So it's different for empaths though. It's different for people who do stuff <laughs> like that.
2: I'm I'm not actually an empath. I'm I'm a HSP.
0: Okay. A highly
2: uh-huh. a highly sensitive person. Uh, empaths mm. absorb the world. Uh, HSPs don't. They they the the art of control. They, they have learnt the awareness. They've learnt uh, all of these things. It doesn't mean to say that they don't have trauma, that they are working through it. They recognise it. And they recognize that at a higher level that they are sensitive. So they tend to remove themselves from that situation that puts them into and puts them into a not a comfort zone, but out of a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they recognize it. And you know, when I first started my spiritual journey, I was always like then I grew and I realized. The control factor, and a lot of these empaths will be drawn into these certain types of situations, and then they wonder why they go into the victim mentality of "why me? Why? Why is this happening to me?" And they, it's because they haven't learned the art of control. It's discipline, um, and it takes a lot. And most people don't like to be disciplined because it's it's their way or the highway, and they 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 have to do what they got to do in order to survive. But I, I can guarantee you right now just from my own personal experience by, by walking different perspectives and learning about different perspectives, spending a lifetime of saying I have absolutely – I don't know anything about anything but yet I'm willing to learn gives you an advantage. The advantage is that somebody like me, if, if we were to have an apocalypse right now, um, just using me as an example, uh, if we were to have an ap- apocalypse – I would be the one surviving because all of the others will be sitting there going, well, I need to have a relationship with that person and be closer to that person because that person is going to help me get through it. We haven't learned how to be with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's partially the problem. And so once we learn to be, be by ourselves and we've learnt everything, we've gone through that whole stage of mastery, which is something that we probably never may see in a lifetime. Um, when we've mastered ourselves, then we can go out and say, "Hey, you know what? it's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to deal with negativity. I don't have to deal with what's going on in these communities. It's okay to have a different opinion, a different experience, a different perception. And then yeah. you you stand out as your sole sovereign self. And you, I love that. And I you love, don't. I love all the stuff you talk about. And it,
1: you cover such a wide variety on your um, broadcast that it, it's so hard to even touch on all the things that you cover in one episode here on Project <laughs> yeah, Archivist. Yeah, we've been going for <laughs> quite a while. We actually have
0: to wrap it up here pretty quick. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) yeah, we usually usually we go for about an hour, maybe a little bit longer. But we've been going for a clip here. So I do have to wrap it up here pretty quickly, though. But um, absolutely. So, yeah, if you tell people where they can find you, do you have any books out there? You mentioned that you had a broadcast. Where can people find you if they want to, you know, find out more about what you talk about? Okay.
2: I hold various roles. Um, at, like I said, I am uh, a multi-adventurous, um, but I am the directing manager and uh, head of communications and education at the Samaras Education Center at the Universal Christchurch. Uh, of course, I, I lecture there as well. I, I, have, I do all sorts of stuff uh, under that. Uh, you can find those guys at easypcsolutions.com, universalchristchurch.com, universal UniversalChristchurch You can oh, oh the uh, Samaris Education Centre Oh, I, I was going to ask you, how do you spell that? <laughs> uh, which one? The Samaris, just the Samaris uh, part. Samaris, S R I S. and that's centre with an R. Yeah. Uh, yeah. E-R. Um. Now, we do a whole heap of stuff about educating and so on and so forth. I, so, I also am founder of SomaFusion Media, um, which is where I have uh, I host a, a, it's a media production company, book publishing. I do everything. I, I wear mm-hmm. um, many hats. Um, I do video production. You have YouTube channel as well, yeah? I have a YouTube channel, uh, SomaFusion Mind, Body, and Soul. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, you can look up my name. It's Katie Kamara. That's Katie with an IE and Kamara with a K K A M A R A dot com, uh, soma-fusion dot com, and somafusionmedia.com dot com as well. Um, but. I, like I said, I, I do a lot of stuff. I reach out to a lot of people. On the other side of me, I also have 12 books published and you can find them all on my website at Um, There, there is a couple of books out on Amazon, so you can find me up there as well. I chose, I chose to stay away from Amazon. So I do sell my books directly on my website. Smart. And I actually have books coming out this year. Oh, how many? Six.
0: Six. Six oh books. my goodness. This year, huh? Six books. Wow. Okay. I'm a
2: prolific writer. Yes. <laughs>
0: Do, You're well, just you prolific. You're
2: amazing. <laughs> uh no. Academia. Uh, it's just like you said. <laughs> uh, don't don't be intimidated by me. Uh, I'm very very super ambitious, uh, but not in a very egotistical way. Um, I, can, I I can agree with do, that. Yes, you. I you're do, very grounded. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm very humble in what I do. In fact, uh, as my job my job as a reverend, um, I do carry out a lot of humanitarian and 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 missionary work. Uh, so when people reach out to me, I can. I, they they can talk to me. They can also access, You know, if if I if I can't if I can't find out that they need therapy, of course I'm going to offer them a service to you know because I, I know that they're going nice. to need it at some point. But majority of people, you know, they they talk to me. They interact. Um, and you know, I'm more than happy to help people out. That is that's my whole job. That's my whole plan of life. I love it. I love it. All right, Katie, we're going to let you go. And so much fun.
0: Thanks for coming on here and talking to us. We appreciate it very much. It's nice. It's been great to have you here. It's been great to have probably one of the craziest conversations I've had in the show in a long time. That <laughs> <laughs> pretty love much went it. all over the map. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for being here. We appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. You're welcome. Thanks, Katie. <laughs> You're welcome. Want to see ghosts in your own home, learn how to speak to the dead, or go on a sightseeing tour of hell at Curious Publications? We take wonderfully odd public domain books lost to obscurity and give them new life. ShopcuriousPublications.com
1: The Natural Born Alchemist podcast is a podcast that covers topics like alchemy, shamanism, psychedelics, anarchism, and philosophy. Join Alex, that's me, and a multitude of guests on a quest to discover the nature of reality, of spirit and of consciousness. Each episode will also introduce you to new music that you might never have heard before. You can find the podcast on most platforms. Simply search for Natural Born Alchemist or go directly to naturalbornalchemist.com. There you'll be able to find all the social media links as well. Freedom is in the mind.
0: The Unseen Podcast. The unscripted, unedited, uncensored, open participation spinoff of the WoW signal. Join us. Go to unseenpodcast.com to learn more. So, yeah, that was a strange and different show. Um <laughs> I really was – I had no idea what to expect when we sat down to record that. Um, Ash was like, I got a guest idea, and I'm not sure how this is going to go. So are you interested in trying this out? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll do that because I like to go out of my comfort zone every once in a while. And then uh, that was it. We actually recorded that a couple of weeks ago. I just haven't gotten around to editing it and everything. I want to take a break from the show and – I suppose there's something strangely poetic about saying, I want to take a break from the show for a little bit and then get a million interview requests and then catch COVID. And then, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, this virus is weird. I've been kind of like documenting it on Facebook as, as it's been happening and the symptoms go away and stuff. It's kind of like having a million little tiny nanobots inside of you. That are just running all over your body like drunken frat boys drinking Jager bombs and Ray-Ban sunglasses out in the street, being assholes and hitting and pressing everything they can just to see what it will do to your body. I've uh, I did lose my sense of smell. Um, I have some taste in my mouth, I, but I have no, I have never believed that I've really had much taste, anyways. Do-do-ts. But um, I have this weird taste of black licorice in my mouth. I'm not sure if I said that at the beginning of the show or not. I don't know why I hate black licorice, but it just comes and goes. I get these weird shakes, but I don't have a fever. I haven't had a fever in quite a few days. I'm all past that now. Um, you get this stiffening in the muscles where you just don't want to move and then all of your joints and stuff become inflamed. That is a after symptom when most of the major symptoms are done. Apparently that one's supposed to hang around for a little while. The arthritis, irritation, bones, you, you can feel your bones aching. You can physically feel your bones and your body aching. It's the strangest, strangest kind of thing. I don't know. So yeah, as you might expect, it'll probably be a couple of weeks or so before I get the show fired back up and episodes coming through on a normal pace again. Plus, this seems to be the time of year where I take a break from the show anyways. It seems like every spring, like really early spring, I just take a few weeks off or a month off or however long I need to to like kind of get my act together and everything. But this time around with COVID hitting, it's like, man, this sucks. So on the bright side, I do have the antibodies in me now, and that will hold me over until I can get my vaccine. And uh, the future looks bright. So I'm pretty much uh, coming out of the woods from all of this stuff. I think I'm going to be okay. Um, I got really lucky. I didn't have a super severe case. But if this was a minor case, I can't even imagine what some of the people that that have this stuff go through because it just hits you really, really hard and really fast. And it's just like, boom, sit down, you're done. Just, Just sit here and let's wreak havoc on you, and you can just sit back and watch the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, which in my opinion is horrible, I know, hate mail, go ahead, send it, anyways, um, and will let you guys go, I will see you guys again soon, and, uh, I guess that's it for now, peace out, folks, this is Rojan, take care from Detroit.